Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Daniel Day Podcast, a podcast all about discipleship and leadership. I'm Daniel Day, your host. Welcome to the program. Well, Father and God, I thank you for a wonderful, wonderful program that we're getting ready to have. I just thank you that you always are in the midst of your people, moving by your spirit, giving us insight, helping us to understand what's the purpose even of this meeting, so that all that are listening will be moved wonderfully and mightily in their hearts, not just their minds, but in their hearts. And we thank you, Lord, for healings and miracles to take place right while we're talking, and it'll be a sign of wonder to Jesus and his wonderful love for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Friends, welcome to the podcast. I'm Daniel Day, your host. And right now I have the amazing honor of introducing to this audience, Pastor Jim Hockaday. Jim, welcome to the program. Oh, Daniel, it's a pleasure to be with you. And for these few moments that we have, I'm just looking forward to actually some real inspiration, the Lord to help us and give us really wonderful thoughts. And I believe those that are listening will be really blessed. Amen. Well, friends, uh, just kind of a quick bullet point introduction of our guest today. He has been in the ministry for a number of years, graduated Rama Bible College back in 1988, and since then has been traveling full-time, establishing many ministries, writing many books, preaching countless times, uh, both at home and abroad in many different countries. He is an accomplished singer and musician, and we are really honored to be able to have a few moments with Pastor Jim uh, to visit with him about what he is seeing and looking forward to in this new year and what encouraging words he may be offering to us as church leaders. So Pastor Jim, uh, take a moment, better introduce yourself to our audience, just in case there's anyone out there who may not be familiar with your ministry. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Uh, well, as far as our family is concerned, I'll start there first. Uh, my wife and I, Erin, we've been married for 30 years. We live in Castle Rock, Colorado. Now that's a new change for us, relatively new within the last three and a half years. Um, God sent us out here, and I'll explain a little bit later uh, why he did. And uh, so we arrived uh, back in 2018. We're loving Colorado. Um, Aaron is from Idaho. I'm originally from New York. And uh, we spent about 30, actually 30 to 33 years in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Daniel, as you know, as we were talking earlier, your parents and I, we went to Bible college uh, at the, basically at the same time. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, I'm not as good with names, but I definitely remember faces. And so um, that's part of a little bit of my background. I grew up in a, a wonderful Christian home. Um, you know, it was more of a denominational setting. And so we loved getting people saved. Uh, we didn't exactly know too much about uh, divine healing, uh, maybe being more filled with the spirit, speaking in other tongues. Some of the things that today are actually a great part of my ministry. And so traveling with different ministry groups, uh, singing groups uh, for a few years, I ended up in Rainbow Bible Training Center. Uh, that's what it was called back in the day in 1986 and began uh, just going to school, getting involved, of course. And that, that I'm sure for any leaders that are listening, 
That's a big point right there. And that is anybody aspiring to come up and do the works of Jesus and get into the ministry. One of the greatest things you can do is to be involved in someone's ministry in the, in the area of helps. And uh, that's exactly where I was, just helping in any area I could and being faithful to do that. And I know uh, the Hagans at that time, Kenneth E. Hagan, of course, Pastor Hagan, who's there now, Brother Hagan went home to be with the Lord back in 2003. But uh, they noticed, and uh, of course, being involved in the music, it didn't take but before I was uh, actually graduated in, in 1990, or excuse me, 1988, what seems so far long ago, you know, wow. Time seems to fly, but uh, they hired me to travel with Brother Hagen and the crusade team. And of course, that for the next seven years became uh, just a real passion. What, what an opportunity. Uh, I'll say this, Daniel, another thing that I think is a key point. I, I never took it for granted. Every day that I was there, you know, I didn't have big old starry eyes because I didn't know very much about, about the things of uh, prophets and apostles. I mean, we grew up more it was like the pastor and the evangelist and the missionary, you know, in my my church. So all of this was very new to be around a quote-unquote prophet of the Lord. Um, but I did very much um, honor the place that I was put in and, and got a hold of everything I could. And then just very quickly, uh, that's kind of steamrolled into after seven years. Uh, my wife and I were getting ready to have our first child. Uh, and in 1994, they asked me to come off the road and then to dive into uh, being over the prayer and healing center at the Kenneth Hagin Ministries there in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And so then for the next 10 years, I mean, this is going to sound crazy, and I, I don't know that I could do it today. But uh, for the next 10 years, I actually preached close to somewhere between 500 and 550 times a year for 10 years in a row. And uh, we were laying hands on the sick constantly. And, you know, just by the sheer fact that repetition, that we were doing it, God began to give me understanding of some of the things that we were doing. Now, of course, today I'm still growing and learning as well, but we began to see the sick healed. Now, I remember the day Brother Hagen asked me to do that, and I looked at him, I said, well, are you going to help me in this? You know, because it was his thing, prayer and healing. And he looked at me and laughed and said, nope, you're on your own. And I said, I'm on my own. I said, I'm doing your thing. And he said, well, I had to get it on my own. You get it on your own. And uh, Daniel, maybe we'll touch this later. But, you know, for the first three months of prayer and healing school, of course, prayer school took off because you've got three to four hundred students that are just so excited about Jesus. It's hard not to have a move of God, you know, uh, and, and I was learning in that area as well. But as far as healing school is concerned, I don't think we had but two or three people healed in the first three months. I mean, I mean, it seemed like everybody was dying left and right. I know that doesn't sound necessarily so good. We couldn't really advertise that. That would have been a hospice home, not a healing home. But uh, after those first few months, I just got on my face and asked the Lord to change me. And it's something that I've done uh, since then more than once is just the humbling of asking God to help because we know what we know, but we need to know more. And it's not just knowledge, it's the experiential knowledge of working with God and, and seeing God manifest himself in great and mighty ways. And so uh, as I did that within just a month's time, he began to download into my heart 
um, revelation that changed everything and miracles started happening. And, and so from then on out, uh, it's just been that way. And in other words, there's, there's uh, a wonderful manifestation of God. And for those that are listening today, I know that there's backs being healed. I know that there's someone's eyes right now. The floaters in your eyes are disappearing. There's ringing in the ear that's stopping. How do you know that? Well, I just know that in my heart. Mm-hmm. And there's somebody's physical heart that's being healed right now. The palpitations are becoming normal. You're finding yourself coming back down to a rest. You're not, heart's not beating at an excited rate. And you're going to find today, praise the Lord, you'll have more strength than you've had in a long time. And Daniel, that's just how it works. The more you talk, the more you get in here and begin to just look at some of these subjects, the more the spirit of God begins to move. Amen. Well, I would love to just unpack some of the things you just mentioned a little bit further, maybe drill a little deeper into some of these revelations that you're receiving early on regarding miracles and healings. Um, Early in 2020, as the pandemic began to really rise and our ignorance with regards to the virus uh, was really evident. And obviously we've learned a lot since then. And there's still been um, a lot we're continuing to learn But early on, the Lord began to deal with me about some of these items regarding physical healing and praying with faith and all of that. And I felt some things finally start to click in my spirit that sickness, if it was really God's will for sickness to be in our lives, it would be in heaven. Um, Sickness and disease is not God's plan, not God's will for our lives. And that really changed the way I started praying in faith and asking God for miracles and literally in my spirit, refusing, refusing in the spirit, refusing sickness, that this is not God's plan for me. I do not accept it in Jesus name by faith. And those were some revelations that God was really, it has really changed the way I pray and the way I think about praying for those who are in need of of healing. And I would love for you to talk about maybe some of those early on and maybe some things God's showing you now. Uh, how has your prayer life and some of the revelations that God's been showing you, what are some things that have been shifting? Talk to us about that. Okay. Well, first and foremost, for your audience, just in case you're wondering, what in the world am I doing moving around? Well, the sun's starting to come around the bend here and you can see I'm going to get caught. So if I start to move around, uh, just, just excuse me and let me move and I'll just keep talking. Daniel, you hit on some really good things. And as far as prayer is concerned, um, you know, everybody's different, and, and I am not your, uh, your A-plus um, student to study for hours and hours and hours. Do you study? Well, of course, I've studied for hours and hours, but my study has been a little different, and this is how God has used me. Praying in other tongues, speaking in the Spirit, getting revelation from the Holy Ghost while I'm praying— has been how he's taught me. So I'll be praying in the spirit and the Lord will give me something. And then I'll go study in the word what he's given me and find it everywhere. And then begin to realize he's challenging me concerning how I'm seeing certain subjects, just like he did you. In the midst of the pandemic, all of a sudden you find yourself going back to, well, wait a minute, there's not sickness in heaven. So this can't be of the Lord. So we have to change the way that we're going we're gonna to pray about this instead of, Lord, if it be thy will. Well, you know, people prayed that way for years and gotten nowhere. 
Well, that's because the Bible is the last will and testament of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the expressed image of his Father. What you see Jesus doing is the will of God. Very simply, you could say it like this. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So what he's saying there is, I am the expressed image, purpose, will, and desire of my Father. He went on to say in John 5 and John 12, I don't do anything unless I see my Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear my Father say it. So there's a lot in this, but one of the things that's definitely very important is, what Jesus did and accomplished on the earth is the will of God. So if he healed anybody, then he's still healing today. It didn't go out with the apostles. Jesus even said to them that believe. He didn't say to you specific apostles, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. He said in Mark 16, to them that believe. So now we're talking about them that believe in all generations. That you'll lay hands upon the sick and they will recover. Well, what's going to take place when you lay hands upon the sick? Because, you know, you could say it like this. People would say, well, I've laid hands on the sick. Well, the difference is empty hands on empty heads or hands filled with people that are expected. And there's two different perspectives right there. One is we're going to try it. Well, the things of God are never tried. The things of God are done. They're accomplished. They're worked. Jesus didn't walk around twiddling his thumb saying, let's just try this next one here. No, he actually made things happen on purpose because he recognized as a young man that he had authority over the works of darkness. Where did he recognize that? Well, Daniel, think about when he was led into the wilderness. I don't know about you, but when I was ordained into the ministry, I didn't go into the wilderness and fast for the next 40 days, led by the Spirit. Actually, we went out with some friends. It was a very special night, and we celebrated. Celebrating mean, we just went out with some people and just began to talk about how wonderful it was that we were now ordained into the ministry. Well, you know, Jesus, you could think, was probably on his way with his buddies to the Jordan Cafe, you know, and going to have himself a nice latte, sit there and talk about how wonderful it was to hear the voice of his father, to be dunked, you know, under the water, come back up, and the Spirit of God to come upon him. And guess what happened? He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I'm sure Jesus was saying, well, Holy Ghost, where, where are we going? <laughs> you know, the Spirit of God's like, well, we'll just keep following me. Well, is there anything to eat? Well, that's going to be a problem. You probably won't eat for a while, you know. And then here he has this contest with the enemy. And, of course, it was kind of like Rocky, you know, a left, a left, and a right, and the devil's laid out. But now notice in Luke chapter 4, verse 14 and 15, Jesus comes out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. He was led into the wilderness by the Spirit, being full of the Spirit, but he came out in the power. And that is one of the keys, Daniel, is you have to be in a situation where you use the anointing that you actually possess. When you start to use it, that's when it starts to become real to you. And that's one of the original things God began to show me is, is this is something that we can actually use on purpose to set people free. Yeah. You know, there was a, a phone call I had received from a neighbor uh, during the pandemic, and I would love to get your feedback on this as someone who operates in this type of anointing the, um, to, to lay hands on the sick and to see many miracles over the years and to even train Bible college students in this. Uh, this is a circumstance I found myself in, and it was not 
anything that had ever happened to me before. And I'll be honest with you, it has not happened since. Okay. But um, uh, I was I had a phone, I had a note on my door and it was from one of my neighbors who is not a believer. Um, and uh, whatever faith they may have is nominal. And the note was very dire. He needed me to call him. I was probably the only pastor he knew. His wife was dying of the Delta variant, and uh, the doctors had not given him any hope, told him to get the house in order. And he was just absolutely um, at, his, at the end of his rope. Sure. And in that moment, Pastor Jim, something in me rose up, and, and it was out my mouth before I could even think about it. And I said, your wife is not going to die, and you're going to know it was the name of Jesus that rose her up. And we just start, I just started to pray. And right. when it came out of my mouth, I just thought, wow, that, that was out before I could even think about it. And when I said it, there was an assurance in my heart that it was, I mean, it was done. And today I want yes. you to know she is alive and well, fully recovered. Yeah, sure. And, and, I, and, you know, she came by our house, she sent us a Christmas card and she waved at us and she's fully, absolutely fully recovered. And they've, they've since moved on with their lives. And I can't explain what happened. But there was there was an activation of faith and right. it was out my mouth before I could even think about it. Later on, I, pro I was processing what happened and I was just like, I said that she's not going to die. And you're going to know that it was the name of Jesus that raised her up. And right. I'm telling you, um, I'm just sharing that story with you. Like I said, it had never happened before. It has not happened since. I don't know that I've ever felt that kind of power come out of my mouth before. Um, and, you know, I'm just laying that before you as an elder in my life and someone who has been there and done that and seen many things. Uh, help me and maybe somebody else who's listening, who's experienced something similar. How can we process this and maybe even put more of that into practice? Because I would love to see that happen even more in my life. Right, right. Well, number one, I mean, if, if we're going to break this down, which is fine, you know, we don't sometimes you don't want to break too many things down. You want to just operate in it, you know. Yeah. But if we're to break it down, that was special faith. So that was a work of the Holy Spirit through you to minister for that lady. Now, uh, you say, well, how in the world can I step into that? Well, number one, you, you have to position yourself. Again, you, know, you can sit at home, twiddle your thumbs, and ask God to work for, through you with special faith or any of the gifts of the Spirit and never be in front of people where they actually work. The more you're in front of people, the more you're in a position for the Holy Ghost to actually work through you, the more he will. That's good. Now, I do, I do want to say, John Lake used to say it this way, if the Spirit of God has to give me a gift and bail me out, then I wasn't actually operating in the faith that I knew myself. Now, that's a different perspective, because one of the things that's actually incorrect, and that is a, a lot that's happily, happening in the camps today, is we're putting so much emphasis on the gifts of the Spirit that we negate, so to speak, the very life and presence of the anointing that's on our life that we live with. In other words, these are different operations. So you don't have to have special faith operating in you to have that woman set free. You can begin to operate in an authority that you recognize is real to you, and your words will create those realities. I remember Brother Hagen a story about him, he uh, being called by his sister whose daughter just had a baby and the baby was born with a deformed head. 
where it wasn't completely filled out. And uh, uh, Brother Hagen's daughter, uh, uh, sister said to him, you know, Kenneth, can you help? Can you help? And he just said, well, the baby will be fine. And she said, well, did an angel appear to you? He said, no. Did Jesus appear to you? He said, no. Well, well, how do you know that the baby will be fine? He said, Mark 11, 23 says, speak into the mountain and the mountain will be removed. The baby will be fine. Well, within the hour, the head just filled back out and the baby was perfectly fine. Well, you say, was that special faith? No, that was faith within his own heart. But now that's not the first time he'd been to the rodeo, right? See, that's Amen. something that he had learned over the years that he could connect his tongue to his spirit and speak out of his own authority in his own family. And so that worked just with faith in his heart. In your situation, that was the spirit of God ministering through you. Amen. And that's one of the reasons why it felt so exhilarating, like, holy smokes, wow, where'd that come from? Wow. And afterwards, you almost look back and, and, and you're kind of embarrassed a little bit, like, whoo, did I really say that? You know, and that's an operation of the Holy Ghost. But now let's do this. Let's learn from that and not leave that out in the ether where we're twiddling our thumbs saying, Holy Ghost, would you give me that again? Let's learn that faith in your own heart can be just as real and just as powerful that your own words will reveal the very plan of God in someone's life. I'll give you an example just this week. Someone was coming because we moved into our own home. We've been here for three and a half years. We were renting for three years. Now we've moved into our own home. Well, someone was coming to get something that was free. You know, we've got to that place where we've kind of sold off many of the things that we don't need now that we're in the home. And, and uh, we've got a few things that we don't want to even sell. We just put up on this website that says, come and get it. So this lady was coming to get something, and she asked me a couple of questions. In the middle of those questions, she revealed that she had arthritis. Well, I helped her to put the item into her car so she didn't have to lift it. And she was getting ready to leave and said, well, thank you very much. And I said, dear lady, I said, just a moment. I said, I know you believe in God. You can't be out here in Colorado looking at these mountains without believing in God. She said, I do. I said, then I bet you you believe in prayer. She said, I do. I said, I'm a minister. And when I pray for people, they get healed. I said, now give me your hands. We're going to take care of that arthritis. You say, did you have any unction on that? No, I had no unction on it. In other words, was the Holy Ghost leading you to say that? No, I took, I took the initiative because I believed that God's presence in my life could be transmitted to her life. Daniel, it's as simple as saying, on a cold night, my wife gets a little bit closer to me. You say, why would she do that? Well, she's counting on the fact that I'm warm enough. I might help to warm her up. You mean there's something in you that could come out of you and go into her? Yeah, it's called I'm alive. Mm -hmm. And my blood is flowing through my body. And there's a temperature of at least 90, what is it, 98.6 or 90, I think that's what it is, you know, that's working in my body. That's a normal temperature that would help to warm her up. Preach. Well, the same same way that I have physical heat, I have spiritual heat because Jesus is living in me. Amen. So I grabbed her hands and began to pray. And Daniel, this is what came out of my mouth. I said, Lord God, I take authority over the arthritis in her hands. I take authority over the arthritis in her shoulders. I take authority over the arthritis in her hips. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank God she'll be healed from this very moment. 
Well, I said, amen. She said, amen. And she looked at me with big old eyes and she said, how did you know the arthritis was in my hands, my shoulders and my hips? And I said, well, is there any way that I could know that? She said, no. I said, well, then I didn't know it. God knew it. I said, and God spoke through me to you to set you free and for you to know that Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, look, that's just the same operation of what happened with you, Daniel. Mm -hmm. Is the Holy Ghost using our vocal cords, our hands, and one of the greatest reasons why it works is because you'll put yourself in a position where it needs to work. And let me let me go back to now your beginning thought to me, and then I'll let you go ahead and chime in here and, and ask other questions. But the beginning thought is you asked me about the combination of prayer and ministry. Well, the place where you become efficient at listening to your heart and letting words come out of your spirit to your tongue to speak is when you pray in other tongues. That's the training ground of every human being that's born again is to begin to move in the spirit by learning how to connect your tongue to your spirit. And you do that when you're praying in the Holy Spirit. Uh, brother, listen, I want to piggyback on something you said there with regards to praying in the Holy Spirit. I think that there are many people out there who, like me, they grew up in Pentecost, they grew up around it, their parents were speaking in tongues, it was a normal thing, and maybe even early on in their life, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with an evidence of praying in a heavenly language, and it's just normal, and it's a wonderful thing. But there are others out there who don't know, or maybe they're brand new, or whatever they do know is jaded with bad experiences and I would like for you to take a moment and let's just bring it back to the scripture. And let's just, uh, for those who might not be so familiar with these things that we're talking about, help them to have that scriptural foundation with regards to these gifts of the spirit that you're mentioning. Amen. Amen. So uh, I, I think I'll just take maybe 30 seconds just to touch the subject matter of what Jesus told the disciples before they left. He said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea, uh, all Judea, Samaria, and to the other ends of the earth. And so Jesus said to disciples who had already worked in the miraculous, I mean, he already transferred to them the power to go out and heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, freely you receive, freely give. And yet he said to them, there's still something that you need before you go out into the Great Commission. So you need to be endued with power from on high. Well, that power will make you a witness. Witness means evidence producers. So Jesus knew that the disciples needed, in a sense you could say, instead of using his power plant, they needed their own power plant. Well, that power plant came in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, 1 through 4. We see the Spirit of God came upon them, and they began to speak as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Well, that pattern is all through the book of Acts, and for those that actually believe in Pentecost, that pattern continues today. That not only does the Spirit of God come upon someone as a second work of God's grace, he comes by the Spirit to save you on the inside, but now he comes upon you by the Spirit to fill you. And the filling of the Spirit of God is always accompanied with speaking in other tongues. And so now for just a moment, I'm going to come on over to 1 Corinthians 
and chapter 14 for a moment, just to help people to see that Paul addresses this whole area of speaking in other tongues. Now, the reason why Paul addressed this area is because in the church services, there were people that were speaking in other tongues instead of speaking in English or their known language. So Paul had to address this. In other words, in a meeting where we need to articulate understanding, it's better, Paul said, that you would speak in five words that people understand than pray a thousand words in other tongues. So he was trying to help them have a balance. That if you're going to pray in other tongues in a church meeting, then someone should interpret that tongue so that the people that are there that don't understand would be brought into an understanding of what's going on. Paul went on to say, and better yet would be that he would just speak by the Spirit prophetically and speak the words of heaven to the people in their language so that they would understand. Paul then said over in 1 Corinthians 14, he said, For he that speaks in a tongue, verse 2, does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him, however, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. So Paul is laying a foundation to say, listen, praying in other tongues is not weird. It, it's not, you know, by the devil. It is by the Spirit of God. And when you speak in other tongues, you're praying directly to the Father. Yet others may not understand, and you may not understand all that you're saying. So someone would still say, well, uh, why in the world would we do this? Well, down in verse 13, I like this very much. It says, therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. And then as we look into the Amplified, the Amplified just helps us a little bit more. It says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. But my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps no one. So let me just take that for a second, Daniel, and say to those that are listening, praying in other tongues, there's many different reasons why you would want to do so. In fact, years ago, uh, uh, Sid Roth had me on his show, and, and one of the things that he took, he compiled some of my teachings on praying in other tongues and put them into a series called Intimacy that we just sell on our, had our ministry for $5 a piece. It's just a no-brainer. It's like about six different CDs that are talking about the different reasons why you want to pray in other tongues. So there's many reasons why. When you pray in the Spirit, it edifies you. That means it builds you up. That means it strengthens you. When you pray in the Spirit, it becomes an exercise of learning how to connect your tongue to the Holy Spirit. But as you see with the Apostle Paul, he was very concerned that in a meeting that when people would speak in other tongues, that there would be an interpretation. Now, let me just say it like this. One of the reasons why I like to teach on this is to help people get out of the mode of being put on autopilot when they pray in other tongues, where when they come out of that session of praying, that they don't seem to have any change. Because when you're connected to God, there's nothing in the scriptures that show you that you're going to come out the same way. There's always change. And the change comes in many different forms. But this is the last thing I'll say. The thing that we want to become proficient at is listening to the interpretation of the things that we're speaking. As you pray in other tongues, the Spirit of God will bring English words to you if you speak English. He'll bring French words to you if you speak French. 
I was just in a service recently in a uh, Spanish church, and as we were praying in the Spirit, there were many that were in that service that said, you spoke in Spanish for at least 30 seconds and said some things that had to do with what you spoke when you preached before you prayed in English. Now, that's just by the Spirit of God. How would I know that? My Spanish is, is limited to taco, you know, or to an enchilada. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know that much in Spanish, but the Lord did that. So when I say to you, get your tongue hooked up to the Holy Ghost, what I'm saying is engage yourself when you pray in the Spirit. Don't just pray mindlessly syllables and vowels as though you don't know what you're doing. Pray as though you are connected to God and the language that's coming out of you comes directly from him and has purpose. And that purpose means that most likely when you pray, you'll begin to know some things about what you're praying about. And this is a part of our training ground, not only to be led by the Spirit in our own personal lives, but it's a great training ground, Daniel, when we're in front of other people and the Spirit of God is wanting to take the things that are coming out of our heart and articulate those directly to someone's spirit, set them free and release them from their bondage. So good. And I could talk to you about this particular subject for hours and hours and hours. I want to ask you just one more thing, and then we're going to wrap it up with regards to praying in tongues. One question that I hear a lot is why? tongues. Why did God make that the sign, so to speak, the initial physical evidence, so to speak, of someone who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit? You know, if it were me, I think about that funny scene in Mary Poppins when they start to laugh and they float to the ceiling, you know, and it's like, if I was God, I would have said, hey, if if, if you get the baptism, you're going to float to the ceiling, you know, that way there's no, <laughs> you know, no doubt, but I'm just being silly here, but, but God chose tongues for a purpose, for a reason. Um, I think about the book of James that talks about how our tongue is the most unruly member of the body and how when we pray in tongues, we're giving the most unruly member of our body to the Holy Spirit to take over and to help us. The Bible says, he who uh, doesn't sin with his mouth, the same as a perfect man. So God is helping us in right. holiness. There's so many different reasons, but I'd just love to get your feedback on uh, why do you suppose as you read scripture, God chose that particular sign? Uh, well, I mean, you, you mentioned some really powerful thoughts there in James that we could also talk about for a while. And that is, uh, the, the importance of the tongue. We know Proverbs, you know, that Solomon was smart enough to pen some of the words there that, that said that the power of life and death is in the tongue. God is a speaking spirit. He created the world with his mouth that came from the unction of his heart. I mean, that's how God created. That's how God wants us, in a sense, to create our worlds, is to begin to speak about what we believe. You know, some people have a real hard time with that and say, well, there you go. That's it. That's what I wanted to hear. See, you're just one of those name and claim it people. Well, first of all, I'm not so much like that as in, in the way that you mean it, but the way that I'll actually attest to that, yes, I do believe in that is, uh, you do have something to do with creating the realities of your world with the things that come out of your mouth. The things that come out of your mouth come from your heart. 
And that's when you begin to see change. I've heard it said like this. If you don't like where you're at today, go back to checking up on what you've been believing and what you've been speaking because you created it yourself. So what are we talking about? God used the tongue and speaking in other tongues as a means of bringing people to an experience with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because your tongue is very important. And for those that don't believe in this, all I ask you to do is why don't you for the next month Say at least a thousand times a day, I'll be the next person in my family to get cancer. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, I would never do that. Well, how come? I thought you didn't believe that your tongue would create anything. Hmm. See, we become really critical when you turn your tongue on the negativity of the world because people believe in the negativity of the world. They don't believe in the positive reinforcement of the tongue connected to God creating realities. But they'll believe if you'll speak something negative, sure enough, that'll happen. Well, folks, whether it's negative or whether it's positive, it comes from the very same place. The things that you believe, the things that you're passionate about and you release out of your mouth bring change to your life. That's why Jesus said, if you'll speak into the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, not doubting your heart, but believe that the things you say will come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. That means you actually believe that if I put something in my mouth and speak it, that I will create those realities. Well, what did God do? He gave us a sign and wonder of speaking in other tongues where we still articulate from our spirit out of our mouth but we do so with a language that to the world is a sign of wonder. That's so good. Pastor Jim, this has been uh, really rich, and I'd love to have the opportunity to do this again sometime uh, so we can continue to unpack these uh, yes, biblical sir. truths. It's such a wonderful pleasure to meet you and to be able to introduce your ministry to our church. Um, this has been really rich, and I'd like to be able to point our people to some of your resources so they can maybe dive a little deeper with you. What's a good website they can find your stuff on? Well, it's very simple. It's just jimhockaday.com. And uh, there's some things that we're doing right now that are really fun. In fact, the whole reason we came out here to Colorado was to start a healing center. We've got one of our meetings tonight. So you can go to our events or our itinerary page and find that now we've, we we're stepping it up into three nights a week, two weeks out of every month. Uh, it's called Healing by Design. And we're just starting, you know. But we're, we'll get to the place where we'll have our own building. And actually, Daniel, our vision is to uh, have a a uh, laboratory attached to the healing center where we can verify all the healings that take place and put those up on social media, not as some crackpot that's saying that someone's, you know, eye that was blind is now seen, but where the doctors are able to verify every single healing through the laboratory and show that the tumors have disappeared, the eye is now healed. In fact, while I'm speaking, someone that's listening, there's nerve damage that's being restored right now in your body. I don't know what it's from, it doesn't matter, but God is touching your body, restoring your nerves. There's someone else whose uh, veins are opening up, and if you've had some difficulty where your heart has not been beating at full speed, you just get ready because God's healing your heart and opening up your veins and capillaries where you're going to find that you're going to have uh, uh, so much better circulation from this very moment in the wonderful name of Jesus. In fact, there's someone else in here that's had a bad report concerning cancer. I don't want you to be alarmed because the power of Jesus Christ coming through this video right now is destroying every 
cancer cell in your body and awakening the very life of God for your healing and for your deliverance. And that's taking place right now. There's someone else right now, Daniel, that's had a problem, a habitual problem, and that habit is being broken right now by the wonderful love of Jesus Christ. And you will find it will be so easy to say no and mean it that you will walk in a different place from this very moment, and you will be so glad that Jesus is your deliverer and has set you free. So, Daniel, our website is jimhockaday.com. There's some fun things, folks, that you can get into. Adventures and Grace is a 15- to 20-minute little video we put out every Tuesday, every Friday that will help you to connect with God and disconnect from the world and get your prayers answered. And then on Monday nights, uh, a lady, Leanne Sozi and I, she used to work with me in prayer school, and we've come back together to do prayer school live at 7 o'clock Central Time, where we pray in the Holy Ghost and get things from God and help encourage your soul to do so as well. So there's many different things that are taking place. There's a bunch of books and, and CDs, of course. And uh, we, we'd love to help you in any way that we can. Thank you so much, Daniel, for your time. Of course. Pastor Jim, would you do me a favor as you began, uh, you opened us up with prayer. Would you close us the same way and uh, just sure. ask the Lord's blessing on our listeners? Yeah. Well, Father, I ask, first of all, that you would anoint every ear that has heard to hear exactly what they need to have heard from this broadcast. Some may, may pick up on one thing and another may pick up on a different thing. But let it be, Lord God, tailored to their life and their situation. And Lord, let not the things that we've heard escape. But Father God, I pray for everyone listening that they would find themselves feeling as though some unseen one is walking around with them, working with them, helping them every single day of their life from this moment on. Let your presence be real to everyone in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, we have been with Pastor Jim Hockaday. The website is jimhockaday.com. It's uh, been such an honor and a blessing to get to meet you finally. I pray the Lord's blessings on you this year. May it be a tremendous year and that every door you need open would be opened. Every bit of resources Thank that you. you need would be coming your way, that money would be no object, and that God's favor would cover your whole ministry. Thank you, Jim, for being with us today on the Daniel Day Podcast. Amen. It's been a blessing. Thank, Thank you so much, everyone. God bless, and we'll see you again.